And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just playing right, covering down on some major ground across the northern half of the most beautiful state in the nation, Alabama. I'm talking about we go way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. Uh, I'm loving the the text line blew up uh, on the uh, March bracket thing. So <laughs> it did. Uh, it did. So uh, I'm looking at. Uh, by the way, if you want to text in, here's the number eight three three six eight seven four 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 eight. That's eight three three six eight right. Eleven. So here's one text uh, <laughs> I showed Boomer a minute ago. Uh, State Representative Ernie Yarbrough just texted me. Apparently listening, uh, Representative Yarbrough. Appreciate you. He says you better include me on those. And then there's three emojis. A maple leaf, bacon strips, <laughs> and a donut. That is clever. So, yeah, you better include me on those maple bacon donuts, says uh, State Rep. We are in, man. We got you one. Uh, what else have I got in here? Uh, Brian from Huntsville says uh, uh, bankers need to join the bracket. Perhaps they can learn math. <laughs> uh, Leanne from Huntsville with regards to getting some swag there for the winter. She goes, new apparel. Um, Dan, Daniel from Tullahoma. He said, March Madness idea. Each bracket will cost $5. The second best bracket will get their money back. First place wins the rest. That's See, there's always a way to gamble on this oh, stuff. There's always. <laughs> uh, Richard from Madness says, your prize needs to be a dozen maple bacon donuts. You'll get thousands of participants. Yeah. I'm saying. Send them a, I'm send just, them a dozen maple I'm just bacon saying. donuts. Charlene, Charlene got some the other day. Uh, my daughter and son-in-law were coming to the house to stay the weekend, and and uh, she she brought home maple bacon. I was like, oh, man, that's man. awesome. Uh, Brandy from Athens says coffee mug. So we may have to make that happen, Boomer. Okay. I, I think I think we're overdue for some coffee I, mugs. I like it. We're gonna have to set up some shelves in the swag room. We are. Uh, Susan from Elkmont, what she got here? Let me see what it said. Yada yada yada. I can't. I don't know what she's saying. Um, Okay, uh, Susan, I'm sorry, but you're referencing something that I can't see what it is you're referencing, so I have no idea how to answer your question. So I'll just have to wait till that one. Maybe you can give me a clarification. JT from Lacey Springs. Boomer, is there an app for completed or completing dippers? <laughs> <laughs> Friggin' JT. Uh, just, just getting no respect whatsoever. Man. All right, let me jump over to uh, number one of the triple dipper, since JT's going to harass me. Number one of the Triple Dipper, I'm calling this the Woke Banking Woes. Woke Banking Woes. I reached out to uh, Senator Katie Britt's office. Uh, For those who don't know, Senator Britt, um, she actually is a member of the Senate Banking Committee. So I I texted with her her staff uh, over the weekend and asked if they had the ability to get her on the air today. And unfortunately, she was in uh, meetings at the same time as the show. And uh, but they said, we can send you a statement. So sure enough, they did. So I got a text uh, from Sean Ross, uh, her director of communications. So I'm going to start off this by by reading uh, a message that I received directly today from uh, Senator Britt's office about the SVB bank crisis, the issues surrounding all of this. And then I'm going to dig into it more with a bunch of news stories. So here's what she said. Quote, my office and I have been in contact with federal financial regulators since Friday, and we continue to closely monitor the situation. The public deserves full transparency and accountability without regards to partisanship, and it's unacceptable. Here you go. It is unacceptable that this administration excluded Senate Republicans, including those on the Senate Banking Committee, from Sunday night's bicameral member briefing. Right now, it says we have more questions than answers. Why did regulators not see this coming? 
Did Silicon Valley's focus on ESG distract from their fiduciary responsibilities in turn contributing to its collapse? Ultimately, she says, American taxpayers should not have to foot the bill for bank executives' mismanagement and regulators' failure. I will continue to support the strength of our financial system, which is crucial to hardworking families, small businesses, retirees, and communicators or communities in every corner of our nation. Good, good statement. And some of that is what I expected to hear. The part that I did not expect to hear was the fact that all the emergency meetings yesterday, bicameral meetings, meaning there were House and Senate members called in to meet with the administration last night about this you know, potential crisis, they did not include Republicans. To include members of the Senate Banking Committee, y'all, that's, that's freaking amazing. Here we are, the, the, so if you're not familiar, SVB Bank, Silicon Valley Bank, is the 17th largest bank in the entire nation. And their failure on Friday became the second biggest bank failure in the history of the United States. That happened on Friday. It had ripple effects. The market was going to open this morning with the expectation that there were going to be banking shares that plummeted. Some did. And there was also very deep concern that people were going to make a run on the banks because of just generalized panic. What happens to my money? I'll go take it out. And then next thing you know, and everybody knows, and I, I, I know I'm speaking to a bunch of educated people here, but just I'll just say it anyway to give background to my, my, my comments here. Banks don't have everything that they say they have in hand at the moment. They have to leverage, invest, store over here, move over there. Next thing you know, it's, it's kind of like that scene from uh, It's a Wonderful Life where they were making a run on the bank, and, and, and Jimmy Stewart's character is going, your money's not here in my hands. Your money's in his house, and, 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 and his house is financed by that guy over there's money, and that's the way it works. It's all leveraged, but it's available because they recognize that not everybody's going to want their money back all at the same time. Well... Last week, it became obvious SVB Bank was getting unstable for reasons I'll go into in a minute. But as SVB Bank began to get unstable, people began to make a run on the bank, literally pulling their deposits or shifting them to more stable platforms that the bank then couldn't use as, you know, banking leverage and other issues. And the FDIC had to just jump in there and put a freeze on it and lock the place down and take over the bank and put it in receivership. The 17th largest bank in the entire nation is now the second largest bank failure in the history of the nation. So these red flags have been there, though. That's the maddening piece. Like Senator Brett's statement said, why is this happening the way it is? Why did this happen? And, and by the way, where are all the people that are supposed to be watching this and, 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 and making sure that it's not going to happen? Where were they? Because we are supposed to have safeguards in place. We're supposed to have regulatory agencies who take up a lot of space, but are they doing what they're supposed to be doing? Got a story here from Fox Business. It points out in the opening paragraph what I said a moment ago. This is the 17th largest bank, now the second biggest bank failure in U.S. history. It was a management issue. They seriously did not have a cash. They had a serious cash shortage on hand because they did not do a good job of managing their flow. And, and here's the reasons. Here, here's, here's what we believe. Here are the market forces that drove it, all right? Now, there's management forces and market forces. And then I would also point out there are what I would call 
administration, Biden administration forces. The article points out in response to the worst inflation in 40 years, which we've been in, which is part of the Biden economy, the Federal Reserve undertook one of its most aggressive rate hiking programs in history. Okay, remember that. You've seen it. The Fed's raising the rates, trying to trying to bring down the inflation that has been brought up by the Biden overspending and the Biden, you know, poor decision making. And it says that as the Fed raised its rates in response, U.S. investors began to sell down their stocks. And the S&P went off by like 18 percent in 2022. The Nasdaq dropped by 33 percent. It was also, by the way, the worst year ever for U.S. bonds. So the bond index was down 13 percent. And then there was trillions of dollars in government spending that kept going on anyway, which meant that banks were getting a flush with cash situation where people were depositing more money because they had more money because the federal government kept flooding the market with money. And so all these influxes of deposits began. So what did they do? So as I understand it, and I'm not an expert on this, by the way, I'm not. But as I understand it, banks like SVB began to put a lot of their investments into treasury bonds. And then lo and behold, the bonds became, the bond market became a really bad place to have had your money. U.S. banks took something like a $600 billion hit last year in losses. Meanwhile, SVB should have done the smart thing. They should have moved things out of some of those risky investments they had made with their leverage, with their money. But they didn't. And as rates began to go up and people began to require more of their cash in order to meet, make ends meet because the price of eggs and bacon went up, you've got literally portfolio losses, big time. People are pulling money out of their retirement accounts and, and making fewer deposits into the bank, which means the SVB suddenly found itself over-leveraged and undercapitalized and unable to make things work. And they failed. And what's, what's, what's flying a little bit under the radar is they're not the only bank. Another much smaller bank called Signature Bank out of New York also collapsed on Sunday. So then you got to look at it and go, well, what the heck? Where are the people who are supposed to be watching this? Well, you got the Financial Stability Oversight Council, which was created in 2020 after, 2010 after the, uh, two, the 2008 financial crisis. It was meant to avert this sort of thing. They're supposed to watch this stuff. They're supposed to see the trends and, and, and sort of recognize when banks are not heading in the right direction and put out regulatory you know, options and, and oversight. They do it. The council, by the way, that council is chaired by Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, Biden's appointee, Fed Chairman Powell, the head of the FDIC, the Bureau of Consumer Financial Protection, the head of the SEC. These are like big-name people. At top of the list, by the way, is Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. Well, what was that council doing? Well, on February 10th, they had their big video conference. They all got together on Zoom, and they talked about how important it was to pay attention to climate-related financial risks. <laughs> you heard me. The regulatory bodies that oversee this stuff, that are supposed to catch it before it happens, they're focusing on what they called climate change being an emerging threat to our U.S. financial stability. Well, I'm pretty sure that's not what caused SVB Bank to go down, except that SVB Bank definitely got caught up in what you might call woke policies. So all of this was potentially foreseeable. There's never been, this article points out that I got from Fox Business, it's a great article, it's one of the best ones I found, 
Headline on it is Silicon Valley Bank had more red flags than a CCP meeting. That's a great line. But they point out there's never been a rate tightening cycle like what we're in right now without there being financial shock, which means that smart people who are in charge of smart stuff like this are supposed to be making this a little more foreseeable. When you have rate hikes, it drains liquidity out of the system, and you got to know that stuff's going to happen. And so you put out advisories, and you say, hey, don't over-leverage. What happened? Nothing. Nothing. Too busy focusing on climate change. And so SVP, SVP failed. Um, we're going to talk about this in detail, like, you know, the fact that, oh, I don't know, SVP uh, started selling off its shares. Woo-hoo! Or how about the fact that we got, uh, um, you know, Gay Pride Week activities at, at SVB when they were should have been focusing on regulatory burdens. I got a caller. I got about a minute before the break, so I'll do that real quick. Is that is that Wolverine Dan? Wolverine Dan, how you doing, buddy? I got about a minute. What you got? Well, you know, first off, that lady's name is Yellen. Her name should be Whisper because you're going to hear a peep from that idiot, okay? All right? And the bottom line is this, you know, oh, no responsibility what it is, my friend. Okay, yeah, I, uh, first off, yeah, you know, they're going to bail us out. You know, don't worry about the money. We, we'll just do bad investments. We'll spend money like crazy. Oh, we'll print some more. You know, you know, I live in California. Hey, I got to take a crap. Just let me go on the street crap. You know, whatever. You know, it's things like that. There's no responsibility, my gosh. I cannot believe every day it seems to be getting worse and worse. And then there's old guys like me. They're losing their freaking mind. And I, I, sometimes I kind of wish that I didn't hear it or I forgot about it. I like, you know, because this is just frustrating as all get up. But then other people listen to this and it's like it's nothing, whatever. You know, uh, let me just go inside my Monopoly game and, you know, get the uh, uh, free pass to go and grab a couple big dollar bills and I'm good to go. It's, tr- it's true, man. And I tell you what, uh, somebody's head needs to roll in this, and I'm afraid what they're going to wind up doing is just making the bosses at SVB Bank the uh, scapegoats, whereas really it was policies being pushed all the way down from the Fed that were, it, it were in part uh, of, of what this the demise was. Real, real quickly before you leave, listen, yeah. bottom line is this. They, there's so much corruption going on, and when they do get in trouble and they do point the finger at the person, and that is the person that did whatever they did, most likely, uh, somebody a couple lower level than them will get in trouble. They will never get in trouble. They get spanked out of hand, give them their retirement, and send them home. Boy, give me discipline like that all day long. <laughs> Wolverine, Dan, we got to go, buddy. Appreciate you calling in, making your points. Uh, all right, Boomer, take me to a break, man. We'll do it right now. I ran about a minute and a half long, so we'll come back have a short segment. But we're not done with this. we got to talk about this. It's uh, Woke Banking Woes. Some of what I'm about to read out to you is going to make you mad. Brace yourselves. We'll be right back. We are 
Back, Phil Williams, right side. Best bumps, man. The best bumps in radio, Boomer. Best bumps. You got bumps down to a si- <laughs> Boomer bumps. Boomer bumps are a science around here, and you are the scientist of Boomer bumps. Um, liking it. Uh, we're back, by the way. Right side radio. Uh, hey, listen, by the way, uh, we're about to head into a uh, top of the hour break. At the next top of the hour break, 4 o'clock, don't forget, State Senator Chris Elliott, uh, who serves down in the Baldwin County area, he'll be he'll be here talking about the fact that they're about to be spending a billion, with a B, a b- 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 billion of your dollars down in Montgomery. Um, trying to figure out how best to spend it. Well, it's interesting how that's working out. So we'll talk to State Senator Chris Elliott at 4 o'clock. Um, yeah, got some new textures. Brand new texter, Mike from Birmingham. We'll see what he's got on here. He says, uh, as a 1964 graduate of Lincoln, Alabama High School, I would point out to one of the people involved in the brackets discussion, <laughs> grammatically speaking, it is not always you and I. Many times it is you and me, just saying. I'm not sure what he's saying. I think he's just trying to be grammatically correct. Is he just is he just punking us on the grammar, bud? Is that what he's saying? Uh, probably. I'm not too great at grammar, so it was uh. probably me. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you. <laughs> Maybe just talk about the topics and quit worrying about the grammar, but okay, we got it. TL from Huntsville says, audit the Fed. I get you. I agree. Barry from Fultondale just says, uh, Janet, our Treasury Secretary, was over in Ukraine telling them we're behind them all the way, no matter what the cost. And he said it was sickening. On the Tucker Carlson show, it showed her telling Ukraine she was speaking for Biden, whatever it cost. And he just goes on to say he doesn't think she knows her backside from a hole in the ground. Yeah, I uh, I tend to agree. She's not she's not a confidence inspiring person too. One would have to believe that there's something behind those eyes, right? Like there's there's some gray matter in there that's firing because she is the Treasury Secretary. <sighs> that is an assumption because when she talks, she does not inspire confidence at all. She got kind of a low-key, kind of a mumbly, st- st- stutterer words, kind of, you know, not, not stuttering like a speech impediment, stuttering like trying to find the word because you're nervous kind. It's just she does not inspire confidence whatsoever. Um, Brian from Huntsville, Texas, and says, are Joe and Hunter going to use this crisis to launder some money? Yeah. <laughs> and he says, I don't, by the way, on, on a total aside here, he says, I don't see the Wolverines on the bracket. I hope Wolverine Dan still participates. <laughs> Well, he's an honorary Alabama guy, so he can pick a team. Oh, uh, anyway. All right. Hey, listen, we got plenty more. I got a lot more on this woke banking thing, like the fact that that's not the only bank. Let me talk about that real quick as we head towards the break. So it, it wasn't just SVB. A second bank got into the same position, much smaller in scale, but it's a New York-based bank called Signature Bank, and it was shut down over the weekend to protect its own consumers and the financial system. So that came in the same, you know, time frame as an announcement from Janet Yellen that she was she was working on solutions. But at first, Janet Yellen was saying, we're not going to be bailing out. The, we're going to keep it. The FDIC is going to do what it usually does. We're not going to bail out that bank entirely. That changed in a matter of hours. <laughs> like <laughs> she's a Treasury secretary and apparently she got out over her skis because within hours of her saying, we're not going to do that. They're doing that. And the announcement was made in time for the markets to open this morning and not be freaked out. That's amazing. All right, folks, more on that. We're going to come back and talk about woke banking woes. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
all you rights. You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side studios for our number two, local, state, national, international sometimes. We cover all the issues, man. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. So uh, going back to our topic at hand, woke banking woes. I was talking about Secretary Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen uh, right before the break, and uh, Hans from Biloxi, Mississippi, just texted in and said, uh, Yellen sounds more like Pelosi after her midday martini lunch. <laughs> uh, so, so I mean, sometimes I read these texts we get from our, our, our listeners, and I wish I had thought to say those things. <laughs> yes. Some of them are quick. Some of them, man. Some of them, yeah. Wow. Um, all right. Listen, the White House has already announced that they're going to bail out the bank. All right. So. It's it's changing the dynamic. Let me let me look through my stack here and find one in particular where Janet Yellen says, here it is, Reuters, yesterday afternoon. U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen on Sunday said she was working closely with banking regulators to respond to the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and protect depositors, but a major bailout was not being considered. Her quote, let me be clear that during the financial crisis, and I'd say it like her. Let me be, 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 be clear that during the financial I'd have to read it like that. Anyway, I'm not doing that. There were investors and owners of systemic large banks that were bailed out, and the reforms that have been put in place means we are not going to do that again. But we are concerned about depositors and are focused on trying to meet their needs. She went in to talk about the fact that this is an FDIC insured bank. FDIC does not mean they insure every dime. FDIC means they insure up to $250,000 of your, reg, reg, your, reg, your accounts. So if you've got $300,000, the best you're going to get is two fifty under the FDIC. Nope, not anymore. Epoch Times reports that as of late last night, says banking regulators announced an emergency measure on Sunday to fully protect the deposits of Silicon Valley Bank. Huh, funny how that changed. So the Treasury Secretary, the Treasury Secretary of the whole United States says, ain't going to happen. We're not going to do it. We don't do that kind of thing. No, we've learned our lesson. Not going to do it. Within hours, it's being, <laughs> it's being reversed. It says, U.S. Treasury Department, the Federal Reserve, and the FDIC have revealed the plan in a joint statement. Today, we are taking decisive actions to protect the U.S. economy by strengthening public confidence in our banking system. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful, but pray tell, what does this mean to the taxpayer? Currently, the maximum amount of protection provided by the FDIC to any one depositor is $250,000. However, under the new plan, all, I emphasize all, deposits, both insured and uninsured, will be protected. Well, you know, I, first of all, I will say this. I, I'm so glad for the people who have money in that bank. I'm glad. But I, I have to also point out, this was foreseeable, and this just changes the dynamic. When you've got the federal 
Deposit Insurance Corporation, the FDIC, already in place. And it has the means to cover up to $250,000 of individual deposits. Suddenly, they're going to come back and say, whether you are insured or uninsured in your deposits, no matter what amount you have, we're going to cover it all. Guess who's paying for that? The taxpayer. We're talking about right now, this article says the Treasury Department will make available up to $25 billion from the Exchange Stabilization Fund as a backstop for the uh, the bank. So, so it's getting bailed out. I just saw a moment ago on the screen, by the way, uh, the White House is trying to play this down and say this is not a bailout. Well, then what is it? What they're trying to say, I haven't, I haven't heard the statement, but here's what I'm predicting. I'm going to go find it in a little bit during a break. What I'm predicting is they're saying that the bailout is not saving the bank. It's going away because SVB Bank is going to be no more. It's not even going to be SVB Junior or 2.0. It's going to, it's going to be bought out. There's going to be somebody steps in. The question I have is, are they going to let a Chinese bank do it? But I guarantee you some major, huge nationwide corporate bank or some other major portfolio is going to buy up SVB and, and take it on as one of their own and make it part of their system. That's probably what's going to happen. In the meantime, though, the bank's not getting bailed out. Yes, they are, because they'd never get bought if it weren't for this. If it weren't for taxpayer dollars being slung into this thing in just, just tranches of money because of bad, woke investing, because of ridiculous management, because the FDIC didn't do its job, now the taxpayers will do their job for them. Uh, line one, Boomer, let me grab that real quick. Line one, uh, Mike from Huntsville. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Hi, Phil. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What's on your mind? Uh, I was wanting to know, have you heard of a CBDC? Uh, I, I may have, but I'm not sure about the acronym. What do you mean? Central Bank Digital Currency. Oh, yes, I have. Yes, I have. Okay. Uh, how do you think this event uh, plays into the, all that? I guess what I'd like to know and hear more from you, since you have a large audience in the Valley in the area, is um, what are your recommendations to people to avoid the CBDC? Well, you're asking me to get into a topic that I'm not fully prepared to talk about yet. I'll be honest with you. I'm here talking about bailing out banks in California. But but my, my here's the first, the first thing that I would say to that. Extreme caution when the two first words are central bank, all right? So when you, when you start pulling things in to a government-sanctioned centralized authority, you have the opportunity then, especially when it's digital, to have them turn off your currency because you've done something they don't like. So if we get down to the point that someone has got a red flag law that says, you know, hey, that guy can't buy guns, and they think you're buying guns, and they decide to turn you off. I'm, 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 throwing, I'm, I'm giving you some wing-ding ideas here, but the reality is when you jump into something that starts off with the phrase centralized bank, be very wary. That's my first thought. Uh, Mike, well, I, I, go ahead. I was going to say I fully agree with you. Uh, my only concern is that there are no alternatives right now. It looks like we're headed directly for it, and the only lifeboat that I can make out is something like Bitcoin. Well, and people listening can snuff at that, but I'm pretty convinced they're going to end up using a CBDC or Bitcoin. Well, we've got right we've, now. They need to make their choice. We've got multiple states right now. My understanding: multiple states are passing state laws to prevent CBDC, centralized banking, digital currency, 
uh, and we'll see how that plays out. Mike, got another call on the line. I got to run get it real quick. Thanks for the call. Uh, line two, is that Brian? Brian from Huntsville. How you doing, buddy? Uh, yes, and the other gentleman, made the, Mike, I guess it was made the preface to that as far as the CBDC because I'm wondering <clears throat> how much this is going to push that forward. But remember back in the day, states had their own currency. Oh, yeah. They're trying to push us to a cash <clears throat> a cashless society to where they can keep track of everything and control it like both of you gentlemen just said. Well, and I, I, I don't disagree. In fact, I, my conspiracy theory side of me just wonders, was this bank allowed to fail as a, you know, some a precursor to a need for this, if you know what I mean? Well, it's in California. Why shouldn't they allow it to fail? <laughs> Sorry. I had to throw that out there. You have a good one. Jerry. You too, buddy. Bye. See you. Oh, man, I'm telling you right now. But, yeah, we are. We're looking. And, and that's, that's it's, it's, it's very scary when you look at the fact that they're, they're talking about and I appreciate Mike from Huntsville. It's not, I, I can't go fully into the CBDC. I'm not prepared for that right now. My stack of stuff sitting here in front of me is related more to banking failures. But I do not deny that between Mike and Brian right there, it brings up the thought, mm, one more reason why they can call for centralized authority to control your assets. Well, and, and let me point out this too, before I go to the break, National Review has a piece dated yesterday. Headline of it is Silicon Valley Bank Depositor Bailout Makes Mockery of Too Big to Fail. By the way, you see it. They're calling it a bailout. SVB Bank has now sort of broken the mold. I pointed out a minute ago that the FDIC guarantees deposits up to $250,000. That's the way it's supposed to work. That's the system. That's what we all live under. That's the risk. If you've got all your money, that's why you see people that, that diversify their portfolio or they diversify their deposits. When you've got that many assets, you start putting some here, some there, because you don't want one to go down and you lose everything. Well, it says regulators are not stepping in to rescue SBB as an institution, but yet the Treasury Department, the Fed, the FDIC have announced they will make sure that all depositors at SVP, actually the people, the, the bank hold, the, 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 the people who hold the dollars, in their name, uh, will have access to all of their money on Monday, even if those deposits exceed $250,000. Here's the key point. Defenders of this decision will try to make it seem like it's an extraordinary one-off decision, but in practice, it has now created a huge moral hazard by signaling that the $250,000 FDIC limit does not really exist in practice. The clear signal it sends is that when financial institutions make poor decisions, the government will swoop in to clean up the mess no matter what the regulations or law says. Well, I'm going to come right back and give you some things that will make you mad about what they were doing at the bank as they were just literally torching their portfolio. Like, you know, I don't know, maybe they were paying out big bonuses on the day it collapsed. <laughs> Bill Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right. Still in number one of the Triple Dipper. Going to wrap this one up in this section and move. Next uh, next half hour, we'll be talking about what I call the unholy alliance that's occurring right now in the Middle East between Iran, Saudi Arabia, and China. Uh, yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. Let me just uh, point out, too, by the way, the top story right this minute on the top of foxnews.com. I just checked the headline sometimes during the break. SVB collapse could only be the tip of the iceberg under Biden's spending policies, says Steve Moore. Steve Moore is a great economist. He was a Trump advisor. Uh, but yeah, former Trump White House advisor and chief economist at FreedomWorks, Steve Moore, said Silicon Valley Bank's collapse might be the tip of the iceberg for the financial system. Um, he went on to say, where is it? He says, I agree with the president that we don't have an overall banking crisis, meaning he agrees something Biden said. The system is sound. But I do think we have a lot of major banks that are in some trouble. And SVB, the Silicon Valley Bank, may be the tip of the iceberg. It's important that we understand how this potential banking crisis happened. It's not because there aren't enough bank regulators, as Biden is trying to say, that figures. It's because of the massive inflation, the trillions, of dollars, trillions and trillions of dollars in borrowing that the federal government has done that has put our financial system in great jeopardy and great peril. All right, while that's going on, New York Post also has a piece. So factor all this together. The Biden economy sucks. Interest rates are through the roof. Bank investments, where they have to harbor their money, are taking hits because they might have invested in bonds, which had the worst year they've ever had in the Biden economy. And then on top of that, you got, you got just trillions of dollars flooding the system. And people are depositing those, and then they're getting put into the wrong places. And then next thing you know, when there's instability, people start pulling it out. Next thing you know, they can't access everything, or they took losses, $600 billion in losses by banks last year. Story in the New York Post, dated over the weekend. A head of risk management at Silicon Valley Bank spent considerable time spearheading multiple woke LGBTQ plus programs, including a safe space for coming out stories as the firm raced towards collapse. So, yeah. The bank was real caught up in DEI. It was all about it. They had their safe space catch-up day with the LGBTQ plus panels from around the world. And, you know, they were, they were doing all these things that were, you know, about their, their first month-long pride campaign. Meanwhile, the bank was moving ever closer to collapse. However, as it moved to collapse, then you combine it with bad management. Not only were they overly focused on what I earlier in the show called mission creep, where they were doing things that were beyond the scope of what they're supposed to do, like DEI, which has nothing to do about the return on investment, has nothing to do about shareholder you know, participation or, or, or protection. Um, then you got this one from Fox Business. Silicon Valley Bank gave company-wide bonuses hours before it collapsed. Hours before it collapsed. All the employees received their annual bonuses on Friday, just hours before the government took control of SVB Bank. That's amazing to me. So the bank's shares had fallen by 60% on Friday morning, and they gave their bonuses anyway. Something about that just seems overly tone deaf. And then on top of that, there's another story that I forgot to print out. Top executives at SVB Bank were selling off their own shares in the bank weeks before. They were dumping their personal shares before the t shares tanked. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, somebody's going to have to go to jail if that's the case. If they, if they knew what they were doing, if they were woking out 
And then on top of that, they were selling off their own shares to protect themselves, giving bonuses to their employees on the way out the door, celebrating, you know, Women's History Month by sending the top female executives on a big ski trip, which they did. You look at this and go, what is wrong with you people? Meanwhile, you can't, you can't give back people's deposits, but you're spending money on woke agendas and, you know, big trips and bonuses. Story in the Washington Examiner, Vivek Ramaswamy, the guy who wrote Woke. I'm, by the way, I'm reading his book right now. It's really good. Woke, uh, cor- was it woke? woke Corporate America, I believe it is. Anyway, um, Vivek Ramaswamy says, and he's running for president too, says he would not bail out the Silicon Valley Bank. He says the market's got to play it out. The private sector's got to play it out. He says, let the market work here. Let Silicon Valley Bank fail if need be. Home Depot's founder came out and just torched the, uh, the leadership of Silicon Valley Bank and warns that we could be in a recession right now and we need to stop putting these woke policies in place. And I'm going to tell you, we, we may not see the end of these consequences that are coming up. Biden's trying to downplay this. You know why? Because it's on his watch. So the Biden administration right now is like, oh, we're going to rush in there. By the way, you didn't hear from him. for He still hasn't gone and, and visited the southern border for more than three hours. He still hasn't gone to East Palestine, Ohio. But within a day of SVB Bank, he was already lining up an opportunity to speak to the American people. Pray tell, why would that be? Because the Biden economy already sucks. And now he's worried that he may have a run on banks on his watch. Well, we're not going to have a run on the banks. I think they're, they're going to wind up, people are going to soften up when they realize that the government will bail out anything. But I'll be honest with you, as much as I'm glad that people are going to get their money out of that bank, I am sick to death of the government just printing money, just printing money. Like, do they have enough paper to print the money? And then I go back to what one of our callers, Mike from Huntsville, said earlier. I agree. I'm concerned that they're pushing us towards a centralized control where they can see it, shut it off, give it to you when they feel like, ration it for you, tell you how to spend it or not spend it. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. That's enough of that. Woke banking woes. Coming up next, number two of the Triple Dipper, the unholy alliance in the Middle East. I'll tell you about it. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. 